I want to talk about something that came out last week that deserves some attention. The U.S. Surgeon General said widespread loneliness poses health risks as deadly as smoking a dozen cigarettes daily, costing the health industry billions of dollars annually. About half of U.S. adults say they have experienced loneliness. Now, in this country, the numbers are pretty similar. Survey by Stats Canada in mid-2021 found more than 40% of Canadians feel lonely some or all of the time, with the problem worst amongst single people and those who live alone. Now, loneliness increases the risk of our premature death by nearly 30%, with the report from the Surgeon General revealing those with poor social relationships also had a greater risk of stroke and heart disease. Isolation also elevates a person's likelihood for experiencing depression, anxiety, and dementia. So let's talk about this. Uh, Dr. Marcia Sirota is an author, speaker, coach, and psychiatrist. She joins me to talk about this. I appreciate the time today. Oh, thanks for having me, Devin. It's a really important topic. It is an important topic, and it might sound obvious, but just to start at the very beginning, what is loneliness? Well, loneliness is different than being alone. Being alone, you can feel still connected to other people and still have a sense of community. Loneliness is when you feel disconnected from others, and it can come in three different ways, I think. One is that there are simply no people in your life that you can have meaningful interactions with. The other, number two, is when you have people in your life but you don't feel connected to them, whether in the workplace or in a personal personal context. And the third is when you have what's called pseudo-relationships, when your relationships are not meaningful, they're not fulfilling, um, you know, either you're having relationships online with people when people aren't being completely honest, or your relationships just don't go deep. And those three types of loneliness are all causing people to have difficulties. Yeah, I was was when I was reading about this, thinking about this, I was thinking, you know, how it's possible for people to, you know, be around others, maybe even live with someone but still be lonely. Yes, because it's it's not just about the quantity of your relationships, it's about the quality. In order to not be lonely, you don't need to have a lot of people. You just need to have a few people that you have good connections with, good, solid, meaningful connections where you feel seen and heard and cared for and that you can trust each other. Do we talk about loneliness enough? No, not at all. In fact, I think a lot of people are very embarrassed about being lonely. There's some stigma attached to it. You know, if you're lonely, people say, oh, you must be some kind of a loser. But these days, more and more people are lonely. And it's paradoxical because the fewer people who talk about it, the more lonely we become. It's interesting. I was talking uh, this morning about there's a new uh, restaurant in Toronto that's opened where you can dine alone. And to dine alone is, you know, somewhat of a taboo at times, but it doesn't have to be. No, there are a lot of things we can do alone. We can go to the movies alone, we can travel alone, we can dine alone, and these are opportunities to connect with people because even having a chit-chat with a stranger but a pleasant chit-chat can alleviate loneliness if we have a positive interaction. And the same goes for having a, a chat with the grocery store clerk or the mailman or whoever you know passes our, our path during the day. These kinds of social Casual interactions can also help alleviate loneliness if we allow ourselves to be open to them. So uh, before we get to, you know, what people can do if they're maybe feeling alone, I mean, I think it's maybe pretty obvious, but has this been exacerbated by the pandemic? 
Absolutely. You know, we've had to be on our own uh, and sort of locked down for so long. And I think for some people who are already feeling lonely, um, just like riding a bicycle takes practice. And if you're not practicing, you can lose your social skills. So when you're locked down from COVID and you're spending a lot of time online, for example, it's harder to have in-person interactions. When your relationships are more superficial, it's harder to understand how to go deeper and into more satisfying and meaningful interactions. So for sure, the pandemic didn't do us any favors in the loneliness department. So how can people recognize loneliness in themselves or maybe, you know, a friend or a family member? Well, if Obviously, if there's not a lot of people in their lives, they can recognize that, you know, their their feelings of, of malaise might be coming from loneliness. But if they have people in their lives, but they're feeling, they're still feeling this sense of malaise, they might want to question the quality of their relationships. Am I feeling connected? Am I feeling like happy and uplifted when I spend time with with people or around people? Am I having the kinds of conversations that are, are feeding my soul, that are nurturing me? And if not, then there's probably some loneliness at play. You kind of touched upon it a little bit, maybe that starts it, but how can people rectify their loneliness? Well, I think they need to take action. You know, it's not something that we can passively wait to change. We have to be proactive and go out there and if we have nobody in our life, we need to put ourselves in situations where we're going to meet people. I, I always suggest, you know, join a club or take a class where you're going to be seeing the same people over and over again for several weeks in a row so you can gradually get to know one another. If you have people in your life, think about, is there somebody there who I would like to have a deeper and more meaningful relationship with? And very gradually, because, you know, you don't fix loneliness overnight. It has to be a gradual process. Getting to know people takes time, and you have to start slow and build your way up. You can't instantly have intimacy. But if you can see that there's some, somebody, one or two people that you'd like to get closer to, then you can work on building intimacy by starting out with casual conversations, then going a little bit deeper, and gradually, over time, building trust and connection. I would imagine maybe loneliness would might sneak up on people and then climbing out of it might be also hard to recognize. It may not feel like you're making progress, but uh, hopefully people are if they do recognize it and try and, you know, just meet more people or, or just have more interactions with people. For sure. And, you know, older people have loneliness. You know, their their friends might pass away or their loved ones might pass away. Other people might find that their their friends or family are moving away. So it can suddenly happen where, where you have a group of people and then suddenly you have far fewer. So what whichever circumstances have occurred, have arisen to make you feel lonely, there are so many people in the world. The wonderful thing is there's lots of people. So all we have to do is just find a few that we feel that we can connect with and reach out and start building, gradually building a connection. It's like planting a garden. You start with a seed, you get a shoot, you build up to a plant, and then you can harvest some fruit. It all you know, speaks to the larger issue of just you know, prioritizing uh, your mental health as we come out of the pandemic, and uh, everyone's going to have their own uh, aspect, and that's not going to be the same for everybody. No, some people have addiction, some people have depression, some people have anxiety, and quite a few people have loneliness. And, it, you know, we need to take away the stigma. We need to, to say there's no shame in feeling lonely. It's a, it's a very common human experience. And if we do feel lonely, you know, we can do something about it. It's a problem that can easily be solved with a little bit of effort and, and consciousness, just awareness and not to feel bad about it, but just to be proactive.
I don't say this because I, I host the radio, but can you get that from radio or podcasts or music, you know, or, or that kind of a thing as well? It It's really better to have in-person interactions, but if you have, like, phone calls or Zoom calls, it can also help. But there's something about being in the presence of other living beings that, you know, you get the pheromones going, you get the oxytocin, the bonding hormone going. I think we need to be in human contact, and I think that's why a lot of our online interactions aren't as satisfying as they might be. So, as you know, all these things, music, podcasts, radio, are are nice, and they, they can you know, make us feel a little uplifted and we can certainly learn a lot from them. I think that, you know, we cannot um, underestimate the power of being in in a in-person interaction with other people. It's a really good point. Uh, as always, I appreciate the time. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, Devin. That's uh, Dr. Marcia Sirota, author, speaker, coach, and psychiatrist.